Hello, everyone. I'm introducing Hawa Power, who is a creative well-being coach and facilitator with over 20 years of experience in the creative industry, 15 years of experience in education, and 11 years as a life coach. She works with children and adults of all ages, specialising in creative expression as a source of well-being with one-to-ones and group sessions and international retreats in community, nationally and internationally. She specialises in facilitating creative workshops such as in craft making. Today she will be interviewed by Johan. Thanks, Johan. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. I really appreciate, and I'm pretty sure everyone else really appreciates you being here to come and speak to us about this. When you previously mentioned that you had situational depression and the fact that you're able to overcome it, how would you approach this for your teenage self? I think it would be... It would be a conversation of empowerment, um, and which is why I'm so passionate about that, about people really seeing who they are. Um, I didn't see who I fully was for a long time. And so things like confidence, self-esteem, worthiness, um, you know, played a big role for me as a young woman and I think many many young women and young men you know insecurities start to crop up at those points and if we don't have the tools it can be tricky and especially if we and also that you know we're just not for whatever reason you know nourished enough in that way so I would the advice I would firstly I would say to my teenage self you are wonderful and it might take you a minute but you will truly see how wonderful you are. You you will grow and blossom in ways that you yourself are in awe of. Believe me, the person who you might think you are or not even know who you are right now, the person who you will become is exactly who you would want to be and more. Don't worry about what other people say. Don't take things personally. Seek friends who empower and inspire you, make you feel good, see you for who you are, fill you up, fill up your cup, not empty it. Wow, I really resonated with what you said, especially when you're speaking directly to yourself, saying that it's all right, that we can speak to friends. But then, because, for example, I myself, I'm not the kind of person to go and call somebody or like for example if my when my friends are struggling and I don't know and I'm really I have like kind of social anxiety I'm not that comfortable with talking to friends and like over the phone and things like that so how would I give advice or help um, my friend who's struggling with a mental health over text I think, especially at the moment, it's really important to check in with people. Um, Most of the time when people are having a hard time, they go within. Um, And so they go inward and, you know, detach themselves, isolate themselves from other people. And so just getting in a habit with, you know, your, your group of friends of, you know, whether you create a group or just sharing, you know, just texting, you know, how you doing? How's it going? Or, you know, I'm having a tough day. How's your day going? Just checking in 
giving ourselves the opportunity to be able to speak on a tough moment because sometimes when you're really having a tough time it's hard to speak on and it can even be hard to reach out and, and contact people so one thing I would say is if a friend is reaching out to you who's having a tough time that's actually a great thing because it means that, you know, they want to share and they want to talk about it and, you know, possibly want help or assistance. So it's, it's actually a good thing because I know that it can, you know, if we feel worried about someone, we can also panic. And so to, you know, you know, firstly, even acknowledge them and say, you know, it's great that you, you want to talk about this and that you're sharing this and, you know, and that you're sharing this with me and, uh, you know, just... To, to remind you that I am here for you and we are here for each other and whatever you know support you can offer if I would always say you know if you are texting have that call you know make that call if you can speak hear each other's voices you know um hear each other's woes and lift each other's spirits that's always better but you know we are in an age of texting so if we are you know texting you know, you guys have all, you know, we're all using memes and I know there's so many more other things um, that, you know, just ways of being able to, you know, to support and uplift, you know, with, um, especially when it's someone that you know, so you know the things that, you know, support them the best. And, you know, if things are quite heavy um, and, uh, the, you know, the load feels heavy for the friend and also for yourself, then definitely reaching out, you know, reach out. There's so many organisations, you know, and I see we're always, you know, happy to, you know, forward uh, young people onto organisations that can support them, you know, where there's a listening ear. Um, and so there are many organisations in and around London, you know, access to internet, if you're able to Google, if you're in Tower Hamlets, then, you know, CAMS, I know, is an incredible organisation um so yeah just seeing what's available in your local area and you know if if it if you if it really feels daunting doing that then even if it's possible for you to make an appointment yourself to go and see your gp now i know that's tricky um but even through telephone appointment just explaining how you're feeling there's many organizations even the samaritans are still going strong and i'm sure they're really busy at the moment but you know there are talking organizations that you can just call and you can just speak anonymously and be able to you know access um guidance or support or listening ear so you know always seeking out you know what we can find to support each other's mental health and so i hope there's some helpful tips in that um but yeah just to remember to be you know that listening ear and be available be available yeah yeah no 100 percent. i was really thinking about it uh especially before i would kept pacing around thinking if i should speak to them reach them how would i do it but then the fact that actually doing it is more important than uh yes the thought counts but if the thought isn't put into action no one's going to realize the thought counts and the fact that i'm even texting does like <laughs> kind of show that I care I mean I do care but it shows that um I'm trying and not only I'm trying it's a step stone for, uh, for me but it's a way for them to open up to know that I'm there and I really encourage 
people because you know nowadays we are quite uh you know everyone's just texting snapping each other i do think that it is quite important to try to call people your other friends should know that you're not as comfortable with phone calls but try to even if you can't um call them try to text them checking up on them quite frequently or consistently if they're okay uh so really picking up on that uh what you said how it was very important for me and thank you especially now over the lockdown when people's work and home life balance have become one and the same do you have any tips on how we can learn to separate what to make it easier on the mind so yeah speaking of you know lockdown and you know quarantine my goodness have we all been uh, adjusted, um, challenged and tested? No end. There's so many layers to that. One thing I would definitely say is a supportive element that I tell my coaching clients and, you know, my groups and I myself practice is, you know, creating space, like having different areas in your room. You know, we have so many of these jokes going around like, oh, I'm going on holiday to the bathroom, you know, and it's like, Make sure that your bedroom is somewhere that's, you know, cozy, that's ready for sleep, you know, um, that's nourishing. I know that for many young people, um, you might just have your bedroom at home. So, you know, your bed becomes where you do your work. You might eat your dinner there. But to actually create more space, even if it's just, excuse me, even if it's just a chair um, that you have, that you sit on, that you're able to, you know, prop your laptop up on but it's you know separating the areas where you do things you know if there's a kitchen table eat there if you don't eat with your family already or or you know just really being able to um use your utilize your space take time away from the screen take time away we are so screwed like <laughs> from extreme to extreme um we're so into screens now and so much of our time is being spent on screen. And so really to make sure that, you know, everyone should have windows, you know, even if you can't see trees or anything else, look up at the sky. But, you know, give yourself, uh, you know, open a window, take in some fresh air, um, open a book, um, you know, find a book, get a piece of paper and doodle. You don't even have to, you don't have to be some, you know, Van Gogh you know, just, just doodle, draw something, be creative, you know, create yourself an affirmation board, you know, with just positive affirmations and, you know, things that you want to remind yourself of as you go along your, your days and your weeks. Have a goal and a plan in each day. Play music, have a dance, you know, have a workout routine. Even if it's one thing that you know you like doing, do that thing for five or 10 minutes a day. And I think it's just maximizing and utilizing your creativity. There's so much well-being to be had within your creativity and being creative. And so, you know, my tips definitely are be creative. And I mean, be creative in every single way. Decide to cook dinner one evening, go online, find a recipe or look what's in the cupboard and then find a recipe in accordance to what you have. Um, you know, we there, there's, you know, many programs that are running in local communities where, you know, people are, are creating food, taking pictures and putting online, you know, be part of what's going on in your community um, in and around, um, you know, see what where where you are able to access and make connections to other people, 
think that's really important as well, not forgetting to connect. And, you know, being patient, we have to be patient with each other, especially, you know, you live with, you know, family, siblings, um, maybe even pets, you know, but just being really patient. I'm a big advocate of meditation. I run a two sessions of meditation on Monday and Fridays. Um, and it's just the space for people to come and just kind of like take a few deep breaths, you know, take a moment, have a brain break and you know, there we, you know, we go again. So I, I'm a huge, even if it's just something as simple as sitting down and just observing your breath, the rise and the fall of your breath, of your body rising and falling with the breath, it's really important. You know, these are tricky times and, you know, we can become overwhelmed, anxious, whether it's with schoolwork, home life, you know, ourselves, that we can become extremely overwhelmed. So to really remember, so important to just take a few moments to just be still, take a few breaths. If you find yourself getting flustered or overwhelmed, just focus on your breathing. Literally, don't focus, focus on the problem, whatever's going on, just literally focus on your breathing in and breathing out and breathing in and breathing out and just begin again. Thank you so much, Howell, for coming here. As now we have to bring it to a close, unfortunately. We have to now move on to our discussion. We really appreciate you coming here and we hope that you come again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Johan. It's no problem. Now we're going to proceed to our discussion. We, Nazifa, Alexia, Johan and Salem will be discussing the week's topic of mental health. Let's talk about self-help books because they're not really helpful. These authors out of nowhere come up and tell us how to help ourselves but are they giving us the right information? Are they really helping us if they can't even help themselves? And do they have the enough information and knowledge to tell us this? Because I know from my experience these self-help books have always been like do this, do this. I do it and nothing actually changed and it's they act like it really helped us when it don't really help us. Even the name self-help book is really contradictory because how can you have a self-help book if you're reading something that's written from another author? And it's the fact that some people who do help um, self-help yeah, don't really go through it themselves. Like they pretend they know what it is because they see and had people around them who went through it but they themselves didn't go through it so they will never know how it feels like to have these issues and these uh, mental health problems come on let's be real you have never experienced it so how are you telling me how to deal with these mental um, issues yeah I especially feel like th- because this decade mental health has had such a spotlight that these people have seen this as an opportunity to prey on people who really do need help but they're just using it as a marketing strategy to profit off of them a thousand percent especially for us in our case where the youth we've got exams and i know adults they can't really empathize with us especially you know when they've got bills and taxes to pay in certain scenarios they start thinking that what we're doing is quite insignificant compared to the real world but then it's taken a lot on our mental health like really badly especially with worth ethic i remember doing a um, when we have zoom online i just couldn't stand up to do work i couldn't set myself 
of space area it just kept affecting me wow that's so sad the effect that work had it literally is like that in the society it's such a work saturated society i really hate that about it because a lot of people have the mindset that you essentially work to live not live to work but my life is not about work and that is not the sole purpose of my life we are raised up to go to school and why do we go to school so we can find the job and we go to work and work and work until we retire and it's just so much work it can have a horrible horrible effect on one's mental health facts 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 i'm telling you facts why am i working to live excuse me who do you think i am i'm working to be happy Not exactly I'm just going to be happy. I'm just going to be happy. With me, money is really important. But my happiness is more important than being um, on money and then work. If I'm not happy in my workplace, I am not going to continue doing that work and everything. If I have to go to a lower job, then I have to get a lower paid job. But I'm not going to sit there doing hours of desk works when I know that with my um, passion and my ambitions is more of the creative side. Why am I going to go do something where I just sit on a computer and do nothing sometimes it's not all about money it's what makes you happy what makes you um passionate what makes you drive what makes you want to continue doing the best you can yeah that's actually it's so sad you know because they say that we should follow our dreams but then they keep certain types of propaganda that we should be part of an office job that is nine to five inside this society that is so structured and we're put in this paradox that we have to continuously go through this cycle that you get bored you get tired some people even they get sick of it and people have developed worse mental health and even mental disorders because of this and to be honest it's just shambles yeah you're right it really is shambles like we do live in a hand-to-mouth society as in you're literally just working for your next paycheck and then once you get your next paycheck you use that money to survive and then once that runs out you just go back to work like Alexia was saying money has kind of become the center of everything that's people's driving force but that shouldn't be our driving force our driving force should be like our passion and us doing what we want to do and I think that's something especially important for us as creatives there was this one quote I saw which I'll say because I feel like it just hits home especially with what Alexia was saying and it basically goes money can buy a house but not home money can buy a bed but not sleep money can buy a clock but not time money can buy a book but not knowledge money can buy food but not an appetite money can buy you friends but not love people say oh you know money is their source of happiness and stuff but there's so much more it goes beyond that but it's just in the society and the ideals that it perpetuates it's really harmful and especially harmful to people's mental health and especially young people because they're growing up in this society where this is the ideal it's just so bad period Mm -hmm. i always find it funny how like everything just ties back like the problems all root back to capitalism like treating people like machines commodities having to prove your worth when all humans inherently have their own worth like we shouldn't have to prove ourselves some people shouldn't be more worth it than others just because they earn more 100 percent. and like have you thought about it that in for example let's say working in the nhs or working in office jobs that you need to get a degree which is for example, like it's nine grand a year to enter uni, then for just the first year, times it by three, then times it by three again if you want a master's. And then you know how it says that, oh, the amount you get 
the income you get is like a lot but what you're doing is that you just haven't enough to pay off your student debt your student loans and everything like really and truly you're not really working to live a life of luxury you're more like working to pay off the debt that the society gave you already yeah vast and it's the fact that you know some people want to actually grow up to be teachers and when they say that to their friends or family or to someone they're like oh don't, you don't pay you enough you don't do this you don't do that it's not going to help you so you need the money like l- let them be who they want to be because that's not helping them it's affecting people's mental health because people have this um ideology that you need to do something big like be a doctor just to earn money it's like let them be happy if they want to be happy by teaching um kids then let them teach kids if they want to be happy by being in the creative industry then let your child be in the creative industry it's not all about money just let them be happy yeah I agree I feel like that's something I especially had to face in my childhood just because I feel like people around me were very into the idea money brings happiness and money should be like your goal and your driving force and stuff and I was 100% against that it's not that I hated money or anything but even now like I feel like money's only necessary for survival but apart from that it's not something that I'm going to like persevere for and that's going to be my driving force like a hundred percent not gonna be so like when I told people for example I wanted to be a writer everyone was like no you know it's such a risky job you're not going to be having enough money like I remember someone saying you're going to be living like eating rice and beans and I was like I was really confused I was like why and apparently that's like poor people food or something I was like what but literally I know it's like this thing where they're like I've had so many people tell me oh you should be a doctor you should be a lawyer when I I mean being a doctor is a very good job but I hate blood so (laughs) that would scare me being a lawyer um it is good for people who are interested in law but I feel like I could never study that so obviously I want to follow my passion like writing something I've always loved and I don't really care about the money money isn't important enough to dictate my life choices and it's sad that they don't really think about the job they want to do they more think about oh the job will get me enough money so I can retire at the end like I remember as a child I saw this lady and I was just thinking like I can't wait to get to her stage where I'm finally able to retire looking back at that I was like wow that's so sad I didn't even want to experience my whole life I kind of just wanted to go to the retirement stage because the retirement stage is the only thing that people put emphasis on because that's when you're basically free from the constraints that society put on you because you're no longer in a job or anything that's when you get to start your life in a way but that's not when you start your life you start your life the day you're born you know yeah and it's a fact that um being materialistic really materialistic people are really downright they really like are not happy and they're not yeah. um happy within themselves and within who they are because they just follow people they see that people have a new car and it looks nice or because society tell them it looks nice they think it looks nice they they get it they buy it because that's what people tell them to buy and that's what people say that look good but they're not happy within themselves they don't feel happy like some of them might feel happy because that's who they are and they like to be materialistic because they never had that when they're young. But some of them just follow people. And as I say, leaders are the most, one of the most happiest people because they lead, they follow who they want to. They follow themselves. They follow their own ideas. They create things or whatever. And followers are just materialistic, like to show off who they are. But inside, you are upset and you probably need to like reflect with your emotions and really gather your emotions gather your feelings and talk about it with someone because you're sometimes you're just not happy and you just need to admit that because um money's not going to show that you're happy money do not show that you're happy because you have like a million pound what what's that what's that that's that doesn't show me how well you're doing you having a mansion okay but are you happy 
are you really happy? You know how much celebrities are committing suicide and doing drugs because money's not everything. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that is so true. Like, I feel like with that kind of stuff, obviously, if you know, for example, getting a Ferrari makes you happy, like, if you're the kind of person who's really into supercars and, like, sports cars and all that thing, then sure, like, you know, you do you. But if you're just getting that to show it off to, like, all the high, you know, listers and, like, the elitists and all that stuff, and it's not really making you happy, it's more just because that's what society perpetuates that you should have, then don't follow society, follow yourself, you know? Facts, follow yourself. Yeah, and, like, even, like, even think about it. Some people, they don't go for, for example, the creative industry is very unstable in like in terms of even if you pursue all you want there are possibilities that you won't get where you want or what you expect but that a lot a lot of people they don't pursue what they truly want to do because of the feeling of security but then while you're securing yourself in the physical aspect they're leaving their mental aspect wide open they're not securing the fact that this could affect their mental health in the long run they're just working and that they're not there's no passion in it they're just doing the bare minimum and you know that really that especially because the mental aspect we often um subside that that it can actually affect us like really badly especially towards the end yeah definitely I agree I feel like even as a child I have a lot of examples from when I was a child but I remember because society kind of gave this ideal of like after finishing school go into an office job and stuff I literally like idealized the idea of going into an office job I was so excited about it I was so happy like I just loved the look of offices and stuff like that I didn't even know what job I wanted to do I just knew I wanted to work in an office and now I know I don't because obviously that kind of stuff isn't my passion like my passion is more on the creative aspect and I know exactly what sector my passion is in but then I was kind of my passion as in like you know quoting because it wasn't actually my passion it was a passion I thought I had because that was what was told to me was doing what basically most people end up going to do and obviously if that is your passion going and doing an office job and stuff then that's fine but don't do it because you feel forced to yes and this is really directed to the people telling for oh don't do this because of money don't do this because you won't like it don't do this because I personally don't like it don't tell them that if you don't like it then that's your business but it's their career it's their future it's their life you only live it once so let them live it and stop um dictating what people do in their life you have no control over it once they are born and once they grow up you it's not your it's not your job it's not your responsibility it's there it's theirs they can learn they can grow or whatever but if you're a friend then stay a friend and stay to support not to drag them down and not to make them feel like oh they can't do this or they can't achieve something especially in the creative industry a lot of people drag you down because um you got family who drag you down because they said oh you don't have the look or um your skin color is not the right skin color or um you be the creative industry is not going to get you a lot of money or whatever it's like no let them make their way up let them work are hard to get it because any industry is hard to get no matter who you are it's hard to get into any industry so let them work their way up and make them achieve it because they'll learn from the mistakes they'll learn how to make it so allow it to happen 
Yeah, that is so true. And that's really good advice as well. You should support people, not drag them down because obviously dragging them down, that's what kind of just creates and like culminates in this idea of the like a harmful mindset. And that's what drags people down to where they feel like they're just alone and they can't do it anymore because of the ideals that the influence they've got from what they hear from what other people tell them. Yes, and one last thing. Um there's um friend group Nathan. When I say picking friend group is like it sometimes it's hard to recognise who's actually supporting you and who's actually just acting like they're supporting you, just to seem like they're supporting you but they're actually dragging you down. When you notice a friend is really toxic or making your mood or your mental health um drop below um the standards that it needs to be then cut them off if that means you have no friends then that's okay because at least you know you don't have toxic people bringing you down and leading you to the wrong direction because the right friends are around the corner and they're bound to come they're bound to come and help you rise up or anything but if your friends are making you feel um bad in yourself make you bully yourself or if they're bullying you or make you feel um upset or feel like you want to cry all the time then cut them off because they are not your friends and they're not supporting you they're really not yeah that's really helpful advice thank you for saying that i think that will help a lot thousand, of listeners. yeah sorry yeah a thousand percent <laughs> i yeah. agree with everything you said because friendship choices it's it's kind of hard you know to understand like who are your friends and stuff especially when you don't when you're in a mental rut you're by yourself mentally and some people just they just can't reach people and then if you think about it let's say if i couldn't reach um you for example because i've got my own mental health going and then you couldn't reach me because you have your own mental health going but then i feel like oh you're not there for me because like you didn't say hi or something like that like how how can we like know which ones are friends or not it's so kind of just kind of tricky yeah you know on the thing of friends i also heard this other quote i keep saying quotes but basically um it goes show me your friends and i'll show you your future and it just shows like how important the influence of the people that you surround yourself is so if you have harmful people around you I feel bad for saying it because I'm not always a supporter of cutting people off but I feel like if it's necessary and especially necessary for your mental health then yeah because that's who you will become that's who you will be influenced by and you don't want that to happen you want to keep yourself in a good environment you get what I mean so why would you purposely let yourself stay in a bad environment like you want to do what is best for yourself and starting with the people you surround yourself with like that that's a good place to start essentially mm, yeah that's true yeah 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 that one quote kind of impacted my life in a big way i saw a quote just like but or maybe it was that quote or whatever and it made me think about who are my friends you know how much people are cut off because of that one quote they are not my friends no longer because i noticed they every time i felt like i'd be like i'd go to them and be like oh my gosh i got into this they'd be like oh that's oh that's good and then they talk about something else with my friends now the friends that i really have what's really support me even the littlest things i draw a cat or whatever they will support me like it's nothing or whatever like if you have friends which like big you up for the littlest things those are really your friends and then is that really my friend you really yeah. ask yourself that and I'm glad to see the progress like what how it's changed for you in your life and how like that concept has you've actually implemented and applied that into your life and it's made a difference that's really cool thank you yes I'm I'm <laughs> not gonna lie it really made a big difference because those friends I had um, led me to the wrong direction and I was becoming, cause this is a mental health one, I was becoming um, a bit 
um depressed and I was having like anxiety and stuff and I was I was like bullying myself because of these people keep on bullying me without me actually realizing it and because being young and being those times I was young I was still in secondary school and schools don't teach you about mental health which is a problem today they don't teach you a lot about mental health or whatever so you don't really realize when you have people stabbing at you in your front and in your back and it's like you just don't know what to do and you don't know how to let them go and let go of the toxic energy and the toxic people in your life and it's really important that schools teach you this and if schools don't teach you that then you have someone to teach you that yeah that is very very true and I mean for anyone listening who feels like they're in the same situation that old Alexio is in well now you can see the new Alexia that has come from implementing that advice into her life so feel free to do that like don't be afraid of cutting people off or doing that for your mental health because you know your mental health is so important it should go first and I mean this example literally shows the effects of it so that's amazing yeah and do it wisely don't be cutting off people as if like they were chopped level paper like you have to actually think about it properly facts actual facts that's true i did cut off some people which should still be my friends today but that was like stupidity for me but yeah cut off the right people yeah and i think maybe cut off isn't the right word to use because sometimes there are people like who might be filled with negative energy but they too might need help so you don't want to be like cold and rude to them like you need to have some level of empathy for them but it's just like you don't want it to like intersect your life as well that's the main thing yeah like so it's like distancing yourself from that type of energy for a while before you can get back into yeah i mean when i say cut off i don't mean be rude to them because that's bullying back that's being um toxic yourself and everything and that's not healthy or whatever so when like um johan said distance yourself and everything and let them know you guys are not friends no more and you don't wish no bad blood on them, but you just don't feel like your friendship is what you want it to be. Um, for example, if you're at a bad point in your life or like, you know, at a really low point and you feel very vulnerable, you wouldn't want toxic people around you. So maybe it's just a temporary thing. Maybe normally you're fine, but just now, you know, this is not the time to have that influence around you. So, you know, this is the sort of time where you have to distance yourself from that influence. You get what I mean? But it doesn't necessarily need to be a permanent thing. I guess you're the best assessor of the situation while you're in it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to assess if you are the toxic person, if you are the problem, because some people are not really good at self-reflection and um, thinking of what they've done or what they've said, which hurt someone. So sometimes really recognise if you are the problem, if you are the one bullying someone and bullying your own friend. Oh, that is a really good point. I never thought about that. But yeah, that is definitely so significant. Yeah, especially with like those Instagram po- posts where it's like, oh, all these people keep leaving me and stuff. Like you really need to think think maybe the problem is you if like you feel like oh people keep doing you wrong maybe assess the relationships you have yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah i actually did that 
because um, it's not like everybody was having a discussion and said, yeah, let's all leave her together. Like, no, it's probably you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to ask them as well. Ask your, ask them people who left you or who felt weird around you. Ask them why they felt a certain way so you can learn within yourself. And this is called self-growth and anything. You can learn within yourself how to improve that and what toxic traits that you need to get rid of so you can become a better person and a better friend. Yeah, definitely. On that note, while everything seemed kind of depressing or one way, like everything's wrong with the world, we do want to put like some light in the world. We want everyone to get the help that they need. So if you're struggling or know anyone who is struggling, please call these two following numbers. The first one is the Samaritan's phone number, which is 116123. I'll repeat that again. 116123. Or the Childline phone number, which is 0800 1111. And that is 0800 1111. Or you can visit Mind on their website, which is www www.mind.org.uk Next, Nazifa will be sharing her experience with CAMS and how they've helped her. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my experience with, I guess you can call it, not really a charity, but like a branch of the NHS called CAMS. Because I know it seems like a bit doom and gloom with like, the problems at hand especially like when I think about it a lot like there's a lot of things that we can't really change about the system but there are things in place that are there to help us support systems for example I was going through quite a rough time like not too long ago and It was really getting to me, I was struggling, handling with grief and eventually my grief turned into depression and anxiety and it was severely affecting me in school and at home, like I could, I couldn't focus, I'd break down every like in between lessons and like it was just a horrible experience. And one day it just got too much and that's when I was referred to CAMS. I mean there's multiple ways to get there. So first of all you can be referred to by a school or like your GP or like the hospital might refer you there. Or you can sign up if you really think that you need to see someone there. And there's different types of therapy. So like art therapy or counselling, which is what I did. Then you might have family meetings, which I also did, which is like when you bring your whole family to have like a session together and talk through things, how, what's like the best thing, like what's the best thing to help you with or any problems that need to be solved, like to talk through with a third party there. And... Obviously, like, we're not all from different backgrounds. I mean, we're all, we're all, we're not all from the same background, so they also, like, offer that translator there, so they can translate, like, the discussion between parents, because my, me and my mom have, like, a language barrier between us, 
so it's quite hard to convey certain concepts in Bengali. So yeah, that my experience with Cam was with Cam's was really like very positive. Like I know some people online they talk about how oh I have really bad counselors, bad therapy and stuff. And not everything will be for you, which is why like the important thing to highlight is there is like multiple different options for everyone. Like what works for me won't work for someone else. So it's very important to remember that. And yeah, so I did counselling sessions and where we talk through what was bothering me and like we do different exercises for example we had a calming card where if i was ever feeling highly anxious i would i would try and ground myself so what are five things i can see five things i can hear three things i can smell two things i can touch one thing i can taste stuff like that and then it would ground me back to reality and I think it's so important for us to reach out for help and it's difficult saying that because when once you're in that pit you you feel like there's no getting out and like because it's so dark down there you can't see that there are people out there trying to reach out trying to get you out and you just feel like you're on your own in that pit but I just wanted to say that it's really, really important, like, I can't stress this as well enough, that you have to see that there are people out there who do genuinely care for you, and they want to see you get better. And while you you won't be, like, cured or anything, like, I don't think mental health is just something, like, that can be cured. You do need, it's most, like helping you manage those thoughts and what you're feeling because like sometimes you feel like they will never go away but yeah it's important to understand that we need to like take care of ourselves and like, even now for me it's hard to speak about my experiences because like I am a very private person, and so it's quite difficult for me to speak about this. And now I'm suddenly talking about it on a podcast when I wouldn't tell like a lot of people. But I hope that by sharing my experience with my depression and how I, it wasn't just a gloomy pet. And that people were out there willing to help me, that other people will be inspired to take care of themselves as well and help them out that pit. Okay, and now we're gonna move on to Celine. Hey, this is Salem, and also like Nazifa, I too have had some experience with a mental health organisation. At the start of lockdown last year in March, I started to work with a London-based mental health charity that is based primarily on young people's mental health. 
I started doing an internship as a digital health ambassador and joining the organisation for me was great. It helped me to see the work being done to support young people with their mental health struggles, especially during the lockdown, which accentuated mental health struggles for so many young people. And it was amazing seeing adults being involved and their work primarily being based on this and helping other young people because before I didn't really understand that there were lots of adults and lots of other people looking out for young people and working to help them and support them during this time. So it made me feel much better and it showed me the work that was actually being done. We had done some work with the NHS for this. So we'd done work talking to political figures and also the mayor. He has a focus on mental health and improving the mental health of the inhabitants of London. It was great to see that, great to see all these big figures helping us and doing their bit for mental health because as a young person, it's great to see that your mental health isn't something that's overlooked by the adults who are supposed to be taking care of you and all the other young people in this country, but instead to see that they're working to help you to provide better support was just amazing. My work helped me to see that and I'm very grateful that I was able to do that work. And if there's anyone else too, I would 100% recommend joining any of these charities based around where you live. It's great work and it's great helping other people especially if it's something that you can relate to. A lot of volunteers are needed in this industry and it's just great to see others helping others, especially with this issue, which is so important. Thank you. Bye.